For me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt, or they have something going on, and they're trying to figure out, how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the Word today and see what God will say specifically to you. Welcome to Your Next Step with Pastor Doyle Jackson. I'm Pastor Doug McCoy. Pastor Doyle is here at the table behind the microphones with me. Pastor Doyle, you recently did an interview with a fella who fronted the band Skillet. Is that correct? Yeah, this this interview is great. I, I talked to him before his book was released, so I got to be in on the inside when he was working on the book still. And I have to say, John Cooper is so much cooler than I am. Uh, His cool quotient is really high, uh, but he's going to talk about how important it is for us to know the truth and live the truth. His new book is called Wimpy, Weak, and Woke. And the reason I think this is important is John is not afraid to stand up for what he believes in, Mm -hmm. and he's done it for years. I mean, when he first and his band came out, they were pretty hardcore rock, and there were Christians that were criticizing them. Well, now he's pushing against the Christians that are taking Jesus lightly, the people that are deconstructing. He's He says, no, it's okay for you to, to be an American. It's okay for you to love your country. He talks about the truth and how important it is that the church stand up in this time. And you'll love this conversation. It's uh, very candid, and it's a lot of fun to be with John Cooper. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. That title caught me, Wimpy, Weak, and Woke. When you told me that was the title of his book, I thought you were kidding with me. Yeah. But I, I, I searched Google. Uh, I didn't get past Wimpy before said, hey, are you looking for this? And I said, wow, that's something. So really looking forward to what John has to say here. So let's get to it. This is our interview with John Cooper. Well, thank you uh, for being with us today for your next step. I'm Pastor Doyle, and I have John Cooper here with me. John is most well-known as the lead singer of Skillet, and you're producing and writing. And so what have you been up to, John? Oh, man, yes. Well, we've been touring like crazy this year. Very, very busy year. Some of that probably is because of after um, after the pandemic, you know, everything kind of opened. And you, had, you had shows that were, like, going to happen one year, and they, they postponed it a year, postponed it another year. And then they all converged into a super busy 2023. Yeah. Um, but it's been good. You know, Everybody's been, been in traveling. the queue waiting to happen. Yeah, that's right. And then new places as well. We toured Europe this year as well because um, Europe's kind of, you know, back open. We And, and so we've been busy. Um, at the same time, finishing a book that I, it took me about 18 months to, to finish. And I'd been doing it for uh, on the road, just I'd been working really hard, and yeah. <laughs> glad to have the glad to have the thing done, and it feels good to finally release it. So, um, you kind of so let's talk about your book, Wimpy, Weak, and Woke. All right, so what what spawned this? It's tell me a little bit more <laughs> about that. Yeah, I, I think what spawned it is this: is, is, is the idea is there's a revolution to tear down America. I don't think many people would disagree with that. Um, but really, it's an illusion. It's not really America that, that, that's being torn down. It's really the principles of Western civilization, yeah. which we know um, is to do with Christianity. It's, it's the culture that Christianity created. And so at, at, at its heart, it's not really 
the destruction of America. It's the destruction of the Christian faith, Christian morality, the reflection of Christ in all of our institutions and cultures and mores and yada yada. So the idea of the book is that there is really two choices that I see, especially from a Christian perspective. We can um, we can try to believe the principles of the Word of God, the kingdom of God, what that looks like. How is Jesus Lord of the earth? How does he want me to act? How does he, what, does he, what does he want me to do with my family, with my school, with my job, with my politics, with my neighborhood? Or we can try to institute secular atheistic utopia. Those are the two options. Yeah. And I sometimes think as Christians, we sometimes don't know that there's a difference between the eternal kingdom of God and secular utopia. But there is a really big difference, and that's the point of the book. Yeah, I mean, I think what's what we seem to have is we have a Christianity that a lot of people have that they just want to they want to be liked. It's a yeah. they're a Christian in name only. Uh, they're just they're hollow, whatever. And and now they're actually being tested. So mm. I actually think this is good for us, but. I know a lot of people are resistant to what's good for them. You know, you know, <laughs> right. we resist uh, eating healthy food. Yeah, we we resist all of the good things, and so, so what sparked this for you? What what made this shift? Because you've come out very vocally about mm. people that are deconstructing or people that are taking their faith lightly. What what was the trigger in your life that really pushed that? Mm, great question. For me, it was this. You know, the, I call it the old world. Early 2000s was the old world for me. Okay. That was the old world where me and my atheist friends got along wonderfully. Okay. We agreed on a ton of stuff. They just don't agree that Jesus is the Son of God, right? They don't, yeah. they don't believe that God exists or that even if God did exist, it's not Jesus and whatever. But we agreed on a whole lot of other things. For instance, not, not to shock anybody, but we we would absolutely agree that a boy cannot become a girl. A girl cannot become a boy. That, that's just something that, yeah. that we would agree on. We agree on certain things about what the good and the beautiful actually were. In 2013, not only did that begin to change, and I began to see, you know, in the news, I don't recognize what's happening in the country. I don't recognize yeah. why people are so mad, what's going on. I began to see it happen with my Christian friends. So it was no longer just in the culture. It was within Christianity with my friends that I've gone to church with for 10 years, 20 years. Yeah. People I've known in the Christian music industry. All of a sudden, they're saying some very unchristian things, but they are acting like they are more Christian than me, who I'm still saying traditional Christian things. And I couldn't wrap my head around what was going on. And so yeah. I just said, Lord, I don't know. I don't understand what's happening. And so I started reading. I started diving into everything I could read to understand the moment. Yeah. 2015, I remember I, that was after about a three-year, sorry, 16, three-year journey of reading. I had finished a book, and I was in bed, and I looked at my wife, and I said, three years later, I can't believe it took me this long to figure this out. I finally figured it out. I we are living in a postmodern world. Yeah. I don't know how I did. I never believed that would be possible. The, my truth, your truth, you yeah. know, whatever works for you is fine for you. And there's nothing wrong with that as long as it doesn't affect me. That's all just moral relativism, you know. So that's really what it was for me. So what book were you reading? 
I, I read about 200 books during okay. that two, two, two or three-year period. The book I was reading at the very end, I believe, was White Guilt by Shelby Steele. Okay. And I was like, oh, I don't know why it was that particular book. But I'd read yeah. several books on postmodernism and, yeah. and, and all sorts of things. That put me on the front end of understanding a few concepts that I think a lot of people weren't really aware of like critical race theory and yeah. critical theory in general. And so I was on the front end of that. I was on the front end of understanding the transgender movement. And, um, and so I at least felt good about having my answers, but I still wouldn't like saying anything publicly. I would talk to people on the road about, I was just yeah. like, at least I know what's going on. Yeah. 2019 is when I was like, I can't take it anymore because 2019 is when, we had some major people go apostate and announce it. Joshua yeah. Harris, yeah. people like that. And I just was like... People, people that, that, that were traditionally considered within even evangelical Christian oh, yeah. uh, faith, you know, that, uh, that they were uh, true believers that the Bible's the Word of God and that Jesus is the Messiah. Yes. And now they're saying, well, I just can't believe any of that. Yeah, and they're throwing it out. Yeah, these were not the, these were not the, the the outskirts people that were always a little bit of a loose cannon. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're talking about worship leader people that have written worship songs and and pastors and evangelists. Yeah. And I was just like, I can't take this is shipwrecking. Yeah. An entire generation of this is wrong. And so I wasn't going to say anything because I was just like, there's a lot of smart people doing that and theologians. They don't need me to say that. And my wife was like. You need to write, just write something and post on social media. And I said, no, why would anybody care what I'm a rock star? I'm just a dumb singer. Nobody cares what I just say. And she's like, you need to do it. And I didn't want to, but I was like, well, she's usually right about everything. So I decided to write it. Yes, dear. That's the appropriate yes, answer. Yes, dear. I love you. You're probably right. <laughs> At the time, I just had a personal Facebook page. I had 4,000 friends. And I just put it up on my Facebook page. I was like, nobody's going to care. And... Three hours later, my phone was blowing up, and I was like, why is my phone blowing up? I hadn't even looked. I, I didn't know if anybody was reading I didn't care if anybody was reading it. People were like, you know, great post. I was thinking, well, who saw my post? And I'd go back, and it had like a million views. It was just like, it just blew up, yeah. and I realized, okay, people did want me to say that, I guess. And so, long story short, the reason I'm writing this newest book okay. is because, to me, that sort of deconstruction what progressive Christianity movement has begun to influence what I consider to be more traditional churches and that, that are not apostate and that are not deconstructed with the social justice movement. Yeah. They're beginning to take certain tenets and, and, and say, well, but that really is true. We really do need to implement justice. And the point of my book is that, 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 that if you are implementing secular atheistic philosophies of justice into your church as an extension of the gospel, then you may call yourself a man of the kingdom, but you're actually a man of utopia. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Humanism, Humanism believes yes. that there is a human solution for every problem. And the only human able to overcome our problem was Jesus Amen. because of his divinity. And, and I think I think the real problem, and I, I'm not disagreeing with you, is that we've we've lived through 40 years of selling people self-help programs. And oh that's, yeah, that's really humanism. Yes. And then we've piled on this the narcissism of social media mm -hmm. that we want to be liked. Everybody wants to be liked, and yeah. so let's talk about mm. that for just a second. That. Um, 
what within you has given you the courage that you're not worried if everybody likes John Cooper, if he shares what the gospel has meant for you? Mm, great question. And honestly, you just nailed it. Uh, chapter one, I explain what secular humanism is and um, exactly what you just said, social media, which I do not talk about in the book, but I agree with you 100%. You know what I think it was for me? This might be really interesting for people listening. And I I bet there's somebody listening right now that's going to have a light bulb moment. I hope so. For me, I always wanted to be Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Yeah. I always wanted to be John the Baptist. I always wanted to be Daniel. I was saying, no, I'm not going to do that, right? I was... I always imagined, oh, God, if I was just in that moment, I know I'd be one of those guys, you know. And 2019 was my moment of, oh, we are in that moment. That's (laughs) right. I was waiting to find out when's the war going to come so I can finally be Daniel. And I finally realized, oh, that's what this is. And I hope that somebody listening, I hope this is a light bulb moment because we are in a time now when Christian— people do not want to stand up. I don't think it's just because they're, I don't believe, I'm not saying they're cowards. I don't think, some may be. So Pastor yeah. Doyle. I think a lot of people are not cowardly. I think they don't know if they are supposed to because they've been told by a lot of other corners of the church that it's mean to do so. It's, it's impolite. You don't need to do that. It's, you're making a stir and we're not about those things. We're all about the gospel. So you don't need to stand up against drag queen story hour coming to your local school. You don't need to stand up against these crazy things that are happening. And I think that people just don't know what it means. And in fact, at, at the, you know, I just argue with the worship leader online just this week, a Christian worship songwriter and leader who had posted some stuff. And I handed it back. I said, I said, why are your posts so intentionally obscure? It sounds like you think the point of the gospel is to make everything confusing. And you're yeah. obscuring simple truth. He hit me back. And this is a quote from a worship leader. He said, John, the difference is, is that my faith leaves a lot of room for doubt. And so I hit it back yeah. and I just said, look, we we're supposed to be patient with those who are doubting. But doubting is not a part like of, of faith. It's those those faith. are antithet- those are antithetical. Yeah. And so what we're dealing with are people that they hear it and they go, well, I just want to be nice. And they don't understand this is your Daniel moment. This is your young David moment. Not, not This is your young David moment. Yeah. When people are mocking the armies of the living God, the Lord of hosts, are you going to put up with it or not? That's how I feel. We have more resources for you at DoyleJackson.com. We will be right back with more Your Next Step. This month, we have put together a resource that we believe will bring people closer to God. We want as many people as possible to have it. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Well, I think when we're trying to grow in our faith, there's several things that we need to learn about our relationship with God. And so in any relationship, it's a conversation. Mm -hmm. But we don't know how to have that conversation with God. That's what prayer is. It's just talking to God. And so this free resource, it's called the Acts Method, all right? It's to help you get going in your prayer life. We Sometimes we need to go, and we're asking God for stuff. And then other times we just need to be in His presence and talk to Him about how He is the great God. He's a wonderful God. We need to adore Him. It's all in this prayer method, and we want to help you do that 
to get in the habit of praying and seeking the Lord. That's what it's about. Yeah, we've learned how to make conversation with each other. We may not realize that we've learned it, but we have. We need to learn how to make conversation with God as well. This Acts method, I picked it up early in Bible college, have used it for years and years. It really is a great way to enter into that kind of conversational prayer. Yeah, it'll encourage you because you'll begin to feel like, okay, am I covering all the bases? And we've got all four bases, and uh, you're going to get to home plate in your relationship with God. So go get the Pray First Acts Method uh, today. Yeah, we really want you to have it. It is at doylejackson.com. Give us your email. You will get access to the PDF. For the Pray First Acts Method free resource, go to doylejackson.com. Let's continue with your next step. I think that sometimes we're mistaking culture war for spiritual war. You know, so sometimes people are like, you just get involved in this culture war. And I'm like, no, no, I'm sorry. Abortion is not a culture war. That is a a spiritual war. They may call it culture war, but, but... I think a lot of times what's happening is I feel that Christians, when, when Christians feel that they should stand up to a, to a great injustice, that, 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 that sometimes they're accused of just, in other words, all you're doing is getting involved in a culture war. The insinuation is all you want is to win power. That, that's the insinuation. No, and so no. I go, well, you can say culture war if you want, but that's not really what this is. This is a, this is a spiritual war. And every culture is going to have a God of the system. A God is going to be worshipped. And other gods are going to be mocked. And right now, we are in the middle of mocking the God of the Bible. And the implications of that are super-duper bad for everybody. This is going to hurt everybody. So I kind of encourage Christians to have moral, not just moral clarity, but moral confidence. Because I run into a lot of Christians. Part of this, I think, is that sometimes Christians tend to go, I know the Bible says that, and I am going to live my life, but I don't want to tell somebody else that because it's just kind of mean. And the point is, is that, no, the moral implication, the, the moral, I shouldn't say implication, the moral commands of God are not mean. They are good for you. They are good for people. It, 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 Jesus leads to freedom. That means they are enslaved. That's right. And if they follow, keep following that, they're never going to experience freedom. So, so the moral commands of God are actually good. They are good for people. They are good for society. We should have moral confidence about that. Well, in, in the Psalms, it says that God's law, God's commands are like refined gold. Mm. And so I, I, I tell people all the time, I'm like, well, you have to understand, the wisdom of the world is like a flake of gold mm. uh, that they may find in a pan when they've been <laughs> sifting all day. You can go all day through your... Instagram feed, okay? And you might find a flake of gold there, okay? Right. But the Word of God, every time you open it up, it's already been collected, it's been melted down, it's been refined, mm. and it's it's powerful in your life. Yes. And see, what the world thinks is that they've got to go out and they've got to somehow, you know, uh, go go on walkabout if you're from Australia and right. you'll find the truth. Well, you're going to find a lot of, of bad things in the process. Mm. And what you're telling me is, okay, you were in the midst of life and um, you, you, you heard the wisdom of this world and you're like, no, mm. that doesn't match up with the kingdom of God. Mm. And, and in that process, you said, no, the refined answer of the word of God is the way you want to go. And you and I have been watching as our peers 
people that are a part of Christianity that have walked away from that, but I don't think they really knew that the wisdom of God was refined, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah, I'd love to speak to that. Go ahead. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. Part of what I write about in the book is is exactly what you just said. This is what I'm positing in the book. Okay. Um, Do you remember... Are you familiar with Francis Schaeffer's work, yes, right? Yes, yes, Reason yes. for God. Yes. And um, is it Reason for God? Uh, sorry, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm pretty sure that's what I'm talking. The little book. But do you remember his two floor his two floor analogy of nature and grace? Um, well, it doesn't really matter. But I, I I borrowed it for the book and I explained okay. his his yeah. version. But basically, what he's saying is is there's like a two it's a two story house. There's the upstairs and the downstairs, and I modified it. I modified it to heaven and earth. Okay. And I think a lot of uh, where we're at is a lot of Christians believe that Christ is Lord of the heavens, yes. but man is Lord of the earth. Christ has the answers to how we get to heaven, the soul for pietistic. Um, I read and it's good for my own personal holiness, which, which is all good stuff. But Christ doesn't really have the answers and the wisdom for how I raise my kids. That's right. Freud is better for that. Or I don't, for my sexuality it, it, and for gender right. and for... You you pick it economics, and yeah. what they would say is well the Bible doesn't speak to those things. So what you're saying is that Christ wants to be Lord of the earth without ever telling us how to live. So that that's that's why my proposition is is that that is a polytheistic view. You're saying that we have two separate gods, and that ain't going to work. So no. the, the the point of the book is that that will lead you to utopia. And unfortunately, if your idea is that man, secular humanism, has more wisdom to offer than the Bible, then really you're saying man is God. And we need to do away with that and then say, God, how can, how can you be Christ over my entire life in the, after I die in the upstairs, if you will, and in the downstairs? God, is, God wants to be part of your life now and in eternity. Yes. And, and Amen. It's, it's a misconception to believe that we're waiting to experience all that God has for us. I think he has all that you need for this life and the life to come. It's a both mm. and. Amen. I agree or. with that. Yeah. We've given everything we need for life and godliness. That's right. He's withheld no spiritual gift. I mean, it's amazing, absolutely amazing gospel we have. It's so much bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Well, John, thank you for being with us today. This is John Cooper, and he's here with us. And I want to challenge you to go out and uh, get his new book, Wimpy, Weak, and Woke. (laughs) It will uh, help you sort through the melee that we're going through right now from a biblical perspective. He's going to give you some history. He's going to give you some great insights uh, philosophically for you to understand how to stand in this time. Where's the best place for them to go to find it? They can always go to my website, johnlcooper.com. Um, Amazon is always, the, the, those are, those are the actually go-to. the only two places you can get it. <laughs> the, the, the go-to places. All yes. right, that's great. Well, do me a favor, John. Would you just take a moment and pray for those that are listening? Because there's probably people that are struggling right now. They're trying to figure all this out. Absolutely. And just pray over them. They really are. I'd love to. Thanks for having me. All right. Lord, Heavenly Father, I want to pray sincerely for people listening who are desperately confused. We know that you are the Prince of Peace, your word says. I'm so thankful for that peace in my life. I don't have to be confused. And I know that your heart for everybody listening is to also know that peace. So I pray, God, that you would 
speak to people through your word, as we open up the Bible, as we are looking for answers, that you would begin to illuminate the scriptures for people. They say, oh, this is an answer. This is why this isn't working. And I pray, God, that they would begin to understand the, the times that we are in, that it would bring clarity. I especially want to pray for parents and they're probably scared to death. They're probably like me. They're probably a little scared of what in the world is happening with their kids and their schools or whatever else is going on. I want to pray for clarity and strength, guidance for parents to learn, how can I raise my child in the fear and admonition of the Lord? What do I need to do to understand the times that I can prepare them for this journey ahead and prepare them to be absolute warriors for Christ and the gospel in this generation. God, I, I thank you that you always give us what we need to, to, to fulfill the calling you have for us. In other words, your grace is sufficient. If you want these parents to be godly parents, I know you will give them the power to do so. I pray for that in, in their hearts. I pray for them to not be afraid because that's you haven't given us a spirit of fear. So we don't need to be afraid, but we do need to be aware. So I pray for for. As your word says, we don't have a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. Give them power, Holy Spirit power, in the name of Jesus, I pray. In Jesus' holy name, amen. 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 John, thank you for being with us. I love it. Thank you it for great. praying. That's awesome. God bless you. Thank you. That was our interview with John Cooper of Skillet, author of the book Wimpy, Weak, and Woke. Pastor Doyle, that really must have been something to get to talk with him. Yeah, you know, John has really been on the front lines of sharing our faith in our culture for the past 20 years. You know, he was trying to reach young people, and now he's not afraid to address, I guess, the church's willingness to try to be liked. Yes. See, th this is the problem. If we try to live so that the world will like us, it's not going it, to work. It, it'll never happen. And, and John, you know, I mean, he, he certainly thinks differently than I do, and he's courageous. He definitely has more tattoos than I do. I have none. <laughs> and um, But he's, he's not afraid to talk about things and to really stand up for his faith. And you may need that courage. So can I just challenge you, if you've listened today, if you liked it, share it with somebody. Mm -hmm. Challenge somebody else to listen to this podcast, because that's why we're here. We want to encourage people's faith. We want to challenge people to stand up for Christ in a loving way, in a relevant way. And John has always done that. He's always using the most uh, relevant mediums that he can. He's used art. He's used uh, graphic novels that he's created. He's a really neat guy. Yeah. And another thing that you can do, as well as go back and listen to the to the episodes is you can get our free resource this month we we put together a pdf for you that explains the acts method of prayer adoration confession thanksgiving supplication really is going to bless you so go to doylejackson.com give us your email we will get that pdf to you your next step with doyle jackson is a ministry of the church next door in columbus ohio your prayers for us are always valued but to help keep us on the air, visit doylejackson.com and click give. That's doylejackson.com. You can also send a check to the church next door. Our address is 5755 Fetter Road, Columbus, Ohio, 43228. Again, that's 5755 F-E-D-E-R Road, Columbus, Ohio, 43228. Please put radio in the memo line. Lastly, if you need prayer or have questions, text us 
at 888-644-4034. That's 888-644-4034. I'm Pastor Doug, and Pastor Doyle and I would love to see you next time for your next step.